We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. And last night, Lakers closed out their road trip going 4-2 and two with a win over the Charlotte Hornets. They opened up the game. Uh, Charlotte started, started out hot. I think they hit their first five shots or so, got out to an early lead. But the Lakers' offense was humming. Uh, transition was great. The ball movement, the play out of the five out just looked great. Uh, Anthony Davis was diming, as was Austin Reeves. Lakers, I think, finished with 36 or 37 assists, which has been a regular thing. I'd love to talk about that at some point, even if it's not in, in this pod. But just the passing and player and ball movement has been great. Lakers do that again in the second quarter, score 74 points in the first half, tying a season high. They go up by 20 in the third quarter. And then for the last, like, 16 minutes of the game, they tested the limits of exactly how hard they needed to play to still win the game. They did the walk the dog thing where they inbound the ball and let it roll and to, to kill time uh, probably five or six times in that fourth quarter. I hope the competition committee intervenes on that. I don't like that. But anyway, Lakers, uh, they, they strolled to the finish line. They knew exactly how many points they needed to get D and got the win. Um, Lots of other stuff going on. Just got the email they sent out. Oh, we finally made the announcement about the Mamba Unis coming back. Been super excited about about that. That'll we'll, uh, those will be for the game on Thursday with Kobe's ceremony and whatnot. But in the milieu of all that, D, we also have the trade deadline coming up, and so yeah. lots to talk about with the Lakers, man. But four and two road trip, successful, although uh, certainly unconventional how they got there. <laughs> certainly unconventional. I'm mostly happy with everything. I was pretty frustrated, like near the end of the Hornets game like me too you look at the minute totals too like considering they were up by 20 or 21 to still have to have D'Lo play 39 minutes and LeBron and AD up over 35 minutes in a game that they basically controlled how stressful mm -hmm. those last yeah they were walking so <laughs> you know but rather than focus on like any sort of negativity yeah. out of yeah. that AD was great again he had a triple double he made pretty much every big play the Lakers needed to have made in the closing minutes of that Hornets game to get the win. And in a zoom out of the road trip, Pete, 
great game against the Warriors, right? Double OT, instant classic. A mm-hmm. couple of letdown games, like right after that, which honestly, after playing a double OT and then going into a back-to-back right after that, like three games and four nights, hindsight says that even though the quality of the opponents wasn't as high and I don't think the Lakers played with the requisite amount of energy and like the lineup stuff wasn't quite there. It's understandable that they would lose like one of those games, right? Mm -hmm. Like to lose both was really rough, but to then come back and have such a great team effort against the Celtics without LeBron and AD, and then to follow that up with a really hard-fought win against a red-hot Knicks team that was beating everyone even though they had had the injury issues that they've had, and then a mostly professional win against the Hornets. Like, you can't be mad about what Mm -hmm. they did. And before the trip started, I was hoping for a four and two record with a split of wins against the good teams and then mostly handling business against the bad teams. It ended up being not quite that, but a really good feeling, I feel like, for the team coming Mm -hmm. home. And Lord knows, man, they needed that win just for that log flight home. I saw Mike post on IG late last night, him and Michael Thompson. Yeah, I'm happy for their walk back. And so I always feel for Mike being gone that long. Me too. Year after year. He'd been doing this a long time too. Like, you got three kids. Yeah, yeah. I feel for the players, right? But the players live that sort of like nomad lifestyle. If you are a high level basketball player and you came up in this era, the amount of traveling that you've been oh, doing yeah, like probably AU since high that. school, yeah. right? Um, anyways, so shout out to Mike. Great road trip. Busy week, though, just like you said. And I'm... I'm interested to see how things go for the Lakers going into the trade deadline and going into what is a pretty big game on Thursday. And I'm glad they get to recharge their batteries a little bit before that game and that it's not a fly home on um, late Monday night and then play again on Wednesday Right. Mm -hmm. Like they get two full off days. Yeah, Um, they flew home last night. There's a we didn't post it, D, because the trade deadline and who knows who gets moved. We we are in a in in the Lakers social department. We are in a don't get our asses dunked on in a quote tweet (laughs) mode in case a guy gets traded in a a couple days. But there's this great clip of Jackson Hayes running off uh, through the tunnels after the game. Like I get to sleep in my own bed tonight. Yeah. yeah, That's very much the mood around the team. Yeah. There's good vibes right now around the team. And it's interesting to have good vibes with the win and the winning that they've been doing and sort of riding the ship to a certain extent Mm -hmm. against the backdrop of uncertainty and change. And then the celebration of Kobe, which also comes with like that morning that also comes whenever you think about Kobe. And so there's always this balance to be struck I feel like. And the things that we carry as people are always right there bubbling like on the surface. And so last night's media availability, I thought was interesting, especially the D'Lo one. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to to talk about D'Lo for a second. He's been getting asked a lot about the trade deadline. And One thing I'm always appreciative of with D'Lo is his ability to see situations with clear eyes Mm -hmm. and his ability to then articulate his view on things, even if you 
don't necessarily agree with what he's saying, which is something that Darwin actually said about D'Lo in their conversation in the lead up to his return to the starting lineup, right? It, it was just like, yeah, we talked a lot. I didn't necessarily agree with everything that he was saying, but it was good for mm -hmm. us to have the exchange and the dialogue that we had. And so D'Lo got asked a couple of pointed questions about the trade deadline and him playing well. And D'Lo himself brought up the idea that he can't control the fact that his contract is one that's good to trade, basically. Like, it's in that sweet spot. And so Dave McMenamin followed up on that idea and basically said, hey, since you brought it up, why is it that your contract is even tradable at all? Like, you would have had a tacit no trade clause based off of the nature of your contract, but you waived it. Pete, I thought D'Lo said something super insightful there basically saying, I've played here before. I understand what it takes to be successful as a Laker. And he said, I also understand that if you're a part of the future, you'll be here. And if you're not a part of the future, you'll get traded. And I've been traded once before from here, so I get it. So he's like, I honestly don't care about what's going to happen next because I cannot control that stuff. I can only go out and do my job and play the best that that I can. And so that's what my focus is on. And I just wanted to say, man, I don't know what's going to happen with D'Lo at all, but I'm super appreciative of the attitude and the approach that he's taken over the last like month or so. Once he came back from his tailbone injury, he has played the version of basketball that is best for him. And in doing that, it has been best for the team. And it's very rare. And it aligns a little bit with LeBron's comments the other day when he was like giving advice to the youth. And he sort of said like at the end, and you got to be a little bit selfish because to be great in this league, you have to be a little bit selfish. And D'Lo's been a little bit selfish. And in turn, it's helped the team. And I just wanted to sort of comment on how much I appreciate what he's been doing and his general approach to the game because he's been super helpful here, man. And he's been a part of the solution rather than a part of the problem. Amen. And I'm so glad you set it up like this and that you that you described it the way that you did. And within that framework of not necessarily being like he wasn't the guy that got the three or four year contract. That was the other guys. He was the guy that at some point in the negotiations, the idea had to come up uh would you be okay with to waive your trade clause, right? That had to come up at some point because like you said, it was implicit within the deal. And for him to, so he's getting all these signals of we're not really committed to you. And yet, if you watch him and you'll see this on TV, but this happens in, in the stuff that people don't get to see as well. But the degree that he looks out for others while getting that message, it would be so easy to be in his position to be like, well, screw you guys. Like, you don't want me. I don't want you. And for that selfishness to be to manifest itself in a in a in a bad way. But he's a guy that he celebrates his teammates successes. He's looking out for them. And this is facility. And this is illustrated in his passing as well. This isn't just a I'm a good teammate cheering on the bench type of thing. But 
part of the leap that the team has made on offense is because he makes a lot of hockey passes, a lot of trigger passes that both him and Austin, uh, is, and especially Austin in terms of understanding, because D'Lo has played in five out before, but their facilitation of the, the ball movement across the team, uh, but especially D'Lo, he's been essential within that. And that's to me, along the same lines, right, of looking out for others, trying to find opportunities and chances for your teammates. And so to have that sort of selfless mentality while receiving all those messages of like, yeah, we might trade you, you're in rumors every other every other week, and having the understanding of like, I've done this before, it is what it is. I always say on the pod, if you make between 10 and $20 million on the Lakers, you'll be in the trade rumors every single year. And to understand that that's the case, to not let it rattle you and to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to let it fly. And that's what D'Lo, that's when he's at his best. And sometimes the flamethrower isn't going to work, right? And so I do think it's important to have another guard on those type of nights. But I do think that Gabe, a healthy Gabe Vincent, we'll see, right? But I do think that, that Gabe fits that type of description. So let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about kind of like, I think that the front office is in a really interesting place in terms of evaluating the team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So one of the themes on this pod, D, has been Lakers have been playing too small. They need to play bigger. It's more of their natural state. They go about 50 games of playing smaller. And within the last week or so, they play bigger to start. Prince comes off of the bench and it looks good. 
And it, so it looks more like the natural version of the team, but with the injuries to Gabe Vincent and then Vando, uh, who we got, I want to say, better news than expected, but it wasn't a he's ruled out for the year type of thing. But anyway, all, all the, the defense, the perimeter defense, I think this is a tough situation to evaluate in terms of what do you need? I certainly have my thoughts on that, but talk to me a little bit about what is the evaluation position that the front office is in? Yeah, it's very tricky because all of these guys, Gabe, and there's still no real timeline on Cam. He's just listed as out every game, right? And, and so we have no no updates there. We at least got an initial timeline on Gabe after his surgery, which was sort of like an eight-week process. And so we're still about a month out from Gabe being reevaluated. And so Mike mentioned this on a pod the other day, but like maybe around first part of March, you would hope that Gabe would be able to play. We did get a timeline on Vando saying that he'll be reevaluated by doctors in about three weeks, and he's got a midfoot sprain. Is that what they called it? So, um, so we'll see. But the general idea of this team currently not having enough point of attack defense is very real. Brunson was killing them before they just decided that they weren't going to have it anymore and they were just going to send two at him almost every time that he touched the ball. I would have been super interested to see what a game last night against the Hornets looked like if LaMelo Ball was playing, for example. The Hornets aren't very good, but a guy like LaMelo Ball will test your perimeter defense. And then when you add that to Bridges and Brandon Miller and on a sidebar. Mm. Yeah, Brandon Miller is he? Hey, yeah. man. For all the people that were killing the Hornets in summer league, like Brandon Miller, what's it looking like for this dude? Mm -hmm. That kid could play. He's got some game. So I was super impressed with him last night, just as a sidebar. So I'm interested, Pete, to see what type of move the Lakers are even looking to make, if they're looking to make a move at all. And I think they are looking to make a move. Um, even if it's just to fill the 15th roster spot, like Mike was saying. But if I were to list three ideas as a player to you, tell me which one you want most or mm -hmm. not at all or whatever, right? So a quote unquote more reliable stretch big sort of player who can like play next to LeBron and, and AD and capably space the floor, basically like a, like a wood type of player, but someone who is, yes, yeah. who is better than wood. Okay. Another wing type defender who can assist on the wing, who can help slide Torian Prince down to be a more permanent guard. So a three-ish type of wing. Okay. Yeah. Like a two, three, like, right. Or another for real, like on ball guard who can also like defend potentially. Right. And so like there's uncertainty with Gabe Vincent. There's uncertainty with Jared Vanderbilt. You don't necessarily have that other backup guard. And so someone in that or maybe there's another idea that. But those are the three sort of archetype players that I'm sort of envisioning. Maybe there's a fourth for you. But but what do you think of those ideas there? Yeah, it, it depends on who goes out and who that person is that's coming back. But just speaking broadly, the spacing big is not as important to me. Um, I I kind of view Rui as that. We're playing Denver on Thursday, and I think that we'll see him. We've talked a lot about his perimeter defense. I think we'll probably see him on Jokic, 
right? I think that that's exploring that over these last 30 games is I think that that is more of his natural defensive fit is to actually guard up a little bit with the caveat that he isn't a rim protector in a drop coverage. So he can't be a guy that's, you know, hedging at the ball and no roller behind dropping and trying to knock the ball away, right? And so, but that said, I I view Rui as kind of filling the role of that stretch five uh, type of guy because most, unless you can get a guy that's also, I'll bring this guy's name up because they're not trading him. And, but like a Brooke Lopez, who's also a big physical presence who can hold his ground. A lot of those, those stretch fives are similar to Wood in that they're kind of more finesse players. So you can physically body them a little bit. And that's something that with both Hayes and Wood, that is a concern that I have is just bigger players can kind of get into them. So if that stretch five can't do that, I'm not that interested in them. But if they can do sure. that, they're probably making $20 million. So, uh, or more, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, speaking of players who make twenty million dollars, that three that you're talking about, that defensive wing, I would like. I would like that player, but I think that speaks to a broader reality about the trade market. Is this isn't like going to the grocery store and writing out your list of ingredients that you want to get and go picking them up? Is that there's actually a fairly limited supply, and that hey, let's that three that can hit a three pointer and defend and is like six seven. Other teams would like that guy on their team too. That's a pretty interchangeable player. And so that other team's going to be like, all right, I'm going to want a first. It's like going to the grocery store at that first part of COVID house. It's like you went and you're just like, wait, why is, the grocery, why is there nothing here? There's nothing on the shelves. Everyone yes. bought everything. So, yeah. I, so I hear you. That, and so that is why the things that are left on the shelf can be like, oh yeah, that's going to cost you. I mean, this isn't, this, it's not a grocery store, right? This is a, a free market yeah. in some ways where it's like, oh, you want that six, seven guy that can defend. Okay. That's going to be a first round pick. Uh, we would like max. We would like uh, some pick swaps on top of, you know what I'm saying? I think that, yes. I, I don't know this, but I do think that that is kind of the supply and demand reality of that. And in terms of the backup point guard, I like Gabe. It, it really depends on, I don't know the health issue of him i don't know what degree the lakers do but to get at his salary point he's about the type of guy that i would hope for and so to me it's it would be more about in the reality of that market of like hey is there a guy we can get for some seconds or yeah a guy that can fit into the rotation that is just a good player and it's more of a situation where just getting a quality player in would be i think valuable especially with bando going out but again that's a matter of like do you want to trade this, this, and this, and this for it? And so I do think that there's a chance that we don't make a trade at all, you know? So, um, and then we got to, then there's the buyout market. There's the internal improvement. Um, but I am hoping to, that we do end up making a trade for a smaller type of guy. Where do you stand on your on your own question? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've been saying for a while now that um, I like Gabe Vincent. I just, there's so much uncertainty there that i i totally get it it's hard for me to say like oh yeah uh, i'm totally trusting that he's going to come back and fill that third guard slot um the fact is though is that vincent's skill set is sort of what you'd be looking for in general and so can you trade Gabe Vincent for healthy Gabe Vincent is, <laughs> is, is like the, <laughs> sure. is the equation. And there's not really that sort of player out there. Right. Um, I don't know, man, like before the season started in our side conversations, I was talking about how this roster was 
pretty much in need of a consolidation trade. It, it felt like there were too many guys who would need to play. And the fully actualized version of this team, I sort of still think that that's true. The fact is, though, is that they're now down two guys who were deemed to be core rotation players and then Cam Reddish, who sort of played his way into having a real role. And that idea of Cam versus Max for that potential last rotation spot in a 10-man rotation, if Wood and Hayes were both going to play, Max has been playing really well of late. And I wanted to talk about him. I've been super happy with just the level of confidence that he's been playing with and his defensive sort of metal that he's been showing and the fewer mistakes that he's been making offensively as like a passer. They've been putting him in that cam role of being like in the corner a lot. And that's like a perfect place for Max. It's not a lot of entry passes that are flat angle where it's like, oh, I I have to really make a decision here. There's a lot of and you got to ball fake and yeah 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 it's a lot of like shoot the open three or attack the closeout and so i don't know what to do everyone wants to improve and you want to improve for sending out as little as possible and at the very top of this we talked about delo i said this online earlier this morning and people have been um replying to the tweet that i sent out a lot but there's this reflexive idea that the way that D'Lo is playing lately isn't real, that he's not as good as he's been playing lately, that this is a short-term deal for him. And maybe that's true. But if that's the external perception of him, the likelihood of you improving on him by trading him is low. Because to me, from an outside observer, it feels like no one really trusts him. And so if other teams don't trust him and they're like, okay, well then, no, he's got a player option next season. And so he controls what we don't want him on our books or whatever the conversations are like, who knows? Then he seems more valuable to the Lakers. It's like at this point saying like, oh, we're going to get better. Show me how when when you're making a trade right so and vando's uncertainty too like the fact that it was good news that he's not immediately ruled out for like for the season but it's literally potentially a month from now before you'll know whether or not he's good to go to actually play this season that's even more uncertainty that it's almost like if he was out for the season then at least you knew and then you could plan accordingly. But now right, you can plan around it. That's that's part of why it's a difficult evaluation. Yeah. So 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 I don't know, man. I'm appreciative that LeBron is taking the approach that he's taking, which is like the dudes that we have. I really like what we have within this locker room. And I like these guys. And my focus is on going out and winning the next game. And so let's go to break here. And when we come back, we'll keep our conversation going. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. So, Pete, there's, and I think we'll talk more about this in Wednesday's pod and even on Thursday potentially, but the backdrop of everything that's going on on Thursday, talk to me about like behind the scenes even, like I don't expect you to reveal like everything that you're trying to do for the Lakers, but it's a big day. As Lakers fans, I am very much anticipating the opportunity to celebrate Kobe in a way that we really haven't been able to. Like when he made it to the Hall of Fame, that was a great thing. But I don't think we've had an opportunity to celebrate him since he's passed in the way that we're going to be able to celebrate him on Thursday. Right. And the last time we really celebrated him at all in this way was when his jerseys went up. And that was like such a special night. And so talk to me a little bit about just that and celebrating Kobe, because I, I honestly, over the next few days, like I want to keep talking about this because it's that important. Yeah, I, I was actually I wanted to do a kind of a whole pot on this with with Mike here because he adds such a, a great perspective to this as well. But it's <laughs> I mean, in some way, Eddie spoke to this last night in post game, And one of the things that he mentioned was in some ways it makes you relive it. And, and his passing and the suddenness of it and just what a what a wild year 2020 was you know he passed on January 26th and then all the covid stuff happened really just a couple of weeks later and the world changed in a lot of ways very suddenly and so part of that not being able to remember and they had the beautiful memorial right i don't want to say that we didn't memorialize him properly or anything like that but the in-person sort of interactions that I think that his statue going up is really going to represent. I think it's going to be a place for people to go. There's all these murals all over the place, right? And that yeah. all over LA that are, uh, that, that honor him around the city and the, the plaza with all the statues is a place where I think if Laker fans aren't from LA and they don't get to come to LA very often, it's one of the places that if you're a big Laker fan, you're like, hey, I want to go to I want to go to the arena and go see the statues and you know, and I think Kobe's statue will be that in a place of pilgrimage for a lot of Laker fans and to be just part of the the in a very 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 small part of of a lot of people doing a lot of work for his statue and just a public service announcement. It's not open to the public. That's a, a fire hazard. There'd be so many people coming to it if it were open to the public. So please don't come down to the arena uh, on, on Thursday if you don't, don't have access to that. Um, but once that's done and once it's, it's up, I do think that it's going to be a place that people go to. Kobe meant so much to this city um, and, and the Laker fans around the world that I think that having that spot that people can go to, you got to buy a ticket to be able to go into see his jerseys. Right. And it's, it's not yeah. as up close. And so I think having that for fans in a place that is publicly walkable in LA live is a beautiful thing. 100%. And I will say too, that it's like the same year, that Kobe passed, my father-in-law passed away. And he passed away right before Valentine's Day. And 
we were lucky that we did get to gather and have a proper ceremony and do all of that stuff. And I'm super happy that and grateful that they were able to do similar for Kobe because I could not imagine having a loved one pass during that that time, especially at the very beginning when the rules were so strict. So many people went through that too. Well, yeah. So I talked to my wife about that every once once in a while, just like the fact that we were able to gather for for her father, um, how much that meant to us, right? Especially in the aftermath, knowing that that so many weren't able to do that. And the idea that on Thursday they get to play this game against the Nuggets and they get to wear these uniforms, which they wore when they were playing the Nuggets in the bubble to advance to the finals. It's just a special thing. And I've lost people in my life. When you have a chance to celebrate the people that you've lost rather than just grieve them, it's important, I think, to remember all of the good and all of the joy because we do carry a certain amount of pain with us all of the time from the people that are no longer with us. But when you have a chance to turn that pain into something that is like celebratory, I think it's special and you should take it and we should take advantage of those moments to feel good. When my good buddy lost his brother um, very recently, I told him to never beat himself down for feeling good about the things that they had. Right. Because there are times where you you are grieving or you're mourning and and you feel like you're supposed to feel sad. And there's this thing that you do in your head where it's just like, I should be feeling sad right now about this thing. But don't let that thought take over your head when you remember this great thing that you super enjoyed and be like, and then beat yourself up because for because you're for real smiling or happy about something. So over the next couple of days, there's going to be a lot of reliving all of those moments, I feel like. And like AD said, there will be sadness that comes with that. But I'm also super hopeful that what also comes with that is an overflowing of joy because it's just like, that's what we all felt watching this dude play basketball and all the moments that, that he gave us over so many years. 20 years, man. 20 years. There's no person that's ever walked the planet that's given me more moments than, than Kobe, you know? In fact, let's just cut the pod here. Like, I've enjoyed talking about yeah, the Lakers. Yeah. I enjoyed talking about Kobe here. We'll be back the next couple of days to... um talk about the trade deadline a little bit more, to talk about Kobe Bryant a little bit more, and also to preview a game against the Denver Nuggets, right? And so there will be much more Lakers talk to come. All right. Yeah, let's wrap it here. Thank you for the, the words of wisdom on that, about embracing the, the joyful moments and not feeling like, you know, you're supposed to be sad uh, because that part's inevitable. Um, so yeah, let's wrap up here. We will be back tomorrow. Talk some Kobe with Mike and the full crew. But until then... You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good. Kobe Bryant, 40.
NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yeah. With a little tap to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.